Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and welcome if you are new here. I'm having on today a man who truly needs no introduction. I have talked about him 10,000 times on this podcast. His name is John Wineland, and I have been in his training programs for the past two years, and he's changed my life. He really has. I am in just awe of this man's intentions, gifts, truth, and his ability to really take anyone's love and relationship sticky points and turn them into a healing experience. It's it's a true privilege to be able to watch him do his work. And I feel very fortunate and blessed to have had the, the past two years of doing intimate work with him. I am not in a program this year, but I am assisting at his events. And I am in his virtual series. I highly recommend anyone who is interested in this work after listening to this podcast, sign up for the virtual series, start getting familiar with what John teaches about. This is from the lineage of David Data and the teachers before him. Everything that I teach on this podcast about the feminine and masculine is of this lineage. And much of what I've been learning over the past couple of years has been with him and with my other teacher, teacher Kendra Kunov. I was trying to combine teacher with Kendra, teacher. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're just, you're in for a treat today. <clears throat> I want to note something. We talk about some very sensitive content in this episode. We're talking about fantasies and taboo. We're also talking about many other things about how to be generous in love. We talk about what is the difference between therapy and embodiment or otherwise known as the yoga of we talk about softening your heart space and your body, many beautiful aspects of relating. But in the context of taboo and fantasy, this is some this is some dark conversation. And what you're going to hear today, especially around the taboo conversation, is really supposed to remain in the context of what we're talking about. This is not stuff that I'm going to go act out in real life or things I'm actually going to do or plan to do. The point of discussing fantasies and taboos or pretend acting them out in a safe container with a teacher like John is so that we heal the parts of ourselves that are attracted to these taboos because they are forbidden. So taboo work can be very, very potent in your life. It is shadow work. It's going into the parts that have been repressed and turned away in your life. And anything in your life that has been repressed or turned away is normally leaking out in unhealthy ways. Or you're trying to grasp for these things in your life. You're trying to grasp for how it nurtures you. Because in many ways, our taboos or our fantasies do nurture us in some way. And that's the beautiful thing about being in a long-term program. You get to unpack and explore that at a very slow pace so as to not alarm you. But in this podcast interview, you're going to hear some, you're going to hear about my my taboo and it's pretty dark. And I'm just making it very clear right now that these aren't things that I was planning to act out, but rather a exploration a full permission slip 
to imagine and to not judge myself for my imagination. And this work, I'm so excited to share it with you. I really am. I'm so excited to put this out live on the podcast and give you an inside scoop to embodiment work combined with shadow work and how deep, how deep it can go and how dark it can go. All right. So John Wineland, he is a Los Angeles-based relationship coach, speaker, and teacher who's been guiding both men and women in the realms of life purpose, relational communication, sexual intimacy, and embodiment for over a decade. John's clients include entrepreneurs, leading thinkers in the world of personal development and entertainment, TED speakers, and creatives in Hollywood. John brings a multifaceted approach, which is both energetic and highly practical. To his workshops and experiential coaching sessions. John's embodiment-driven teaching draws from not only over 30 years experience of his own Buddhist meditative practice, but from 10 years intensive study and practice with renowned yogic intimacy teacher David Data. David Data is an incredible teacher. He wrote the book Dear Lover and The Way of the Superior Man and Blue Truth and Wild Nights, all wonderful books that are at the top of my list when I recommend feminine and masculine embodiment in the polarity realm to people who are new to this work. It can feel slightly esoteric, so if you're brand new to it, just know that some things may not feel very grounded in your body or hit home, but that's okay. Initially exposing yourself to it now is a great way to start planting the seed. I read Dear Lover years before I was introduced to this work, and I had no idea what the fuck I was reading. But I read it anyways. I let it just sink in, marinate, and lo and behold, it led me to John Wineland, who then I studied with for a couple years doing the deepest, most transformative work of my life. So know that today we are given a really beautiful treat to be able to speak with him. It's been a while since I've done a review of the week, so I'm going to do that now. This one comes from Nature Fairy am I? And she gives five stars and says, so much love for Maddie. Maddie is so wonderful. Oh, thank you. I'm so impressed with her courage and willingness to speak her truth. The community I am in has a lot of beliefs about what's right or wrong, and I am so easily influenced to follow the guidance of those who I love and look up to. But the past year or so, my intuition has been guiding me to follow my own path, rather than listening to the wisdom of those who have guided me to this point in my personal journey of evolution. Maddie's truth is very much so in alignment with what, with what speaks to my soul. She inspires me to speak my truth and stand in my authentic power, regardless of what my community says. Thank you so much, Maddie. Your compassion and understanding of us sensitive, intuitive individuals is so powerful. Forever grateful for you. Sending you lots of Reiki love. Oh, yes, I'm soaking in that Reiki love. I love that Reiki love. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Yes, goddess. Yes, queen. Yes, divine feminine being. Love this. Love this lesson. It, on one hand, it is so potent and powerful to take in information and listen to the guidance of those who are senior to you or have life experience that you can learn from. But when it comes to, to being led by people who live by the black and white and what's right or wrong, it leaves very little room 
for your own internal experience, for your own definition of what not even right and wrong, but what feels expansive and contracting, what feels like lightness and what feels like darkness, what feels like it's drawing you closer and what's taking you further from you. So making room for both to exist, knowing that there will be leaders and teachers in your life that can lead you to higher ground, but also knowing that nothing goes above your own intuition, no teacher, no book, no way of life, nothing. Your own internal compass is so, so strong. And learning how to listen to that voice faster and trust it more is the name of the game of life. And so I'm so glad to be here and to help you on that journey. My last and final note here, and this is time sensitive. So if you're listening to this a week, a month, or year after the podcast launches, it may not be well and alive right now. But for now, I want you all to know that B-School, the cart is still open. You can still sign up for B-School. B-School is the modern day business school for online entrepreneurs. It took my business from being a struggling, sporadic, spread all over, working for side jobs opportunity to being a six-figure business. It's not that B-School magically just gave me all the success, but rather that B-School gave me the masculine structure I needed in order for my feminine brilliance, my feminine creativity and teachings to flow. Without having that container, it just went everywhere. It was messy. I didn't have an anchor. I didn't have my Um, my business model in place. I didn't have any systems that really gave me the clarity on what to do when, what my priorities were. And simply, it gave me the inspiration that I was really hungry for. Community is everything. And B-School gave me this automatic place to turn to when I wanted to feel like I was in a community on this very solo venture. Building your own online business is very solo-esque. It's, it's individual. Sometimes you're working from home and you're generating your own thoughts and ideas and you're building a podcast from your living room and it can feel slightly isolating. And B-School gave me this automatic community for all of these game changers and thought leaders and podcast hosts and retreat leaders and people that were just oozing with inspiration and leadership. That was one of the biggest gifts of B-School for me alongside all of the brilliant abundance audios on how to create abundance with your business. And, And then of course, like I said, the masculine structure, she leads you through how to identify your target market, who you're writing for in a very creative and fun way, mind you, not in a boring, obsessive, must do this now, military and kind of way, but in a creative, fulfilling, flow-like state, which I know I need as a, as a feminine being. And so she gives you the structure in the modules of, of step one, step two, step three, and it makes it very approachable. So B-School, it's the place to be, to build a business and a life you love. So I highly recommend it. I promote this course as an affiliate every single year, and every year I include some sort of free bonus when you sign up using my link, maddiemoon.com forward slash join dash b-school. And this year I am including the Feminine Spirit School, my signature course. This is another eight week course you're going to be getting absolutely for free. And 
as to not overwhelm you, I'm spacing it out. So you're not going to be getting both courses at the same time. If you sign up through me, you'll go through B-School and then you'll get the Feminine Spirit School a little bit later on, either mid midway of the course or towards the end. And that's when, after you're doing all this beautiful business work, you can go into my course, which is all about creating feminine embodiment masculine structure like in your life not in business but then in your life how your own divine masculine can hold you hold your feminine emotion hold your feminine chaos hold everything that's coming up for you how you can begin to learn how to trust your own masculine rather than relying on the masculine outside of you we also go into practices and tools and um archetype tools we go into shadow work going into the sticky dark places within you like your raging river energy it could be your your bitch energy or your sacred slut or your bratty Brenda whatever archetype is hidden within you I give you a whole module of exploring this part of you we go into ancestral healing and looking at your lineage and what kinks might have been created in your lineage that now you get to break through and you get to heal there's also community support with this there's a feminine spirit school group this year going through the feminine spirit school with the group that I just went through oh my gosh so much brilliance so much beauty and so much honesty has been formed so you'll be included into all of this so there's a lot to look forward to I would love to have you join um, B-School and get the clarity you need with your business and then follow that up with embodiment work. And then, so you're basically moving from your head, which a lot of the business building happens in, very linear, very formatted, very structured, and then you get to follow it up with going into your body and doing embodiment work, life work. So it's, a ho- it's hopefully a very beautiful combination for you. And you also get three audios on how to build a podcast, how to attract your dream clients, and how to host your dream event. If you're interested in joining B-School, know that you only have until Friday now. That's February 28th, 2020. So if you're listening to this later on, if you're listening to it in a year, B-School probably is up again because it only happens once a year. But now, if you're listening to this now, you've got two more days. So hurry, make a decision. And you can always reach out to me if you have any questions. Again, the link to sign up using my affiliate link is mattymoon.com forward slash join dash bschool. And even though the refund rate is 1.84%, she does have a money back guarantee. So if you sign up and realize it's not for you, you can always let them know. But I highly doubt you'll be doing that because again, 1.84 refund rate that's crazy really goes to show that she knows what she is doing their whole team does okay that's it let's go head on over to this really yummy juicy explorative kind of dark sexy episode with john wineland I have not 
been so nervous to have a guest on, which is the oddest thing because I've known you now over two years. And I was like, okay, like, what do we, like, where do I go with this? I mean, how do, what do we even talk about? Because you've seen the deepest, most vulnerable places of me and you've yeah. taught me it and you've led me there. And it, it's like, it's so much and it's so wide and vast that how do you even do an hour of anything when you've gone to this place? So mm. I am really grateful to have you on the podcast finally. And the reason why it's taken so long is because I've been nervous, but now you're here. Yeah, I'm going to rate you. I give you a number at the end. <laughs> You've been on so many podcasts, you know. So uh, you know, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here, Madeline. Yeah, it's my pleasure. What in life are you currently musing about? What's really captured your intrigue? Mm. Well, I've gone back to write. I've I've just finished a manuscript um, on on co-ed practice. You know that I wrote. You know, Kendra was involved in it. She helped me write it, and so. We, we just finished that book and we're actually shopping it around. Mm. And so that brought me back to the book that I started writing about five years ago on masculine leadership. And so I've been getting up early every morning. I'm up at 4.30 or 5. I'm really stoked to write on things, um, really diving into this subject of what it means to lead from, you know, as a masculine partner and um, and take everything that I've, it's kind of like a, it's my musing on my journey, starting with David 12 years ago to now and everything that I've learned and the ways that I've tried to put those teachings into practice and the way that I've floundered. And so it's been kind of, it's been nice for me to reflect. And it's also been nice for me to, um, you know, really think about what it is that I stand for in, in this and revisit it and, and hopefully crank out a book in the next three to four months. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever find so that's what's, that that's what's exciting me? You get writer's block. No, no. The only writer's block I get is when I don't sit my ass down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like once I, you know, I because I, you know, I teach this stuff so much, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about it all day long. And you know, once I actually <clears throat> drop into a subject, it it kind of just I just spit it out. But but I but what I can't do is I can't write when I'm not um, when I when I'm not inspired, um, like if on something I'm not inspired by, let's say that. So I have to go, the way that I write is I put my, I put like a huge table of contents with, I don't know, 50 different chapters. And I look and I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's wanting to come through me. So I skip around a lot. Ah. Yeah. I don't go linear. I just kind of go like, okay, what, what concept is wanting to come through me? And I think that helps me avoid writer's block. It's just for me, it's like, having the time, which I haven't had until recently to actually just sit down and write. So you have your very masculine structure of every morning, 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m., mm -hmm. sitting down and writing, but then letting your feminine say, what do I want to write about today? What's inspiring exactly. me today? Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a perfect example of that concept where I just create the structure and then I let whatever wants to happen come through. Just as you as a man right now in your business and growing, you know, John Wineland and speaking more and doing these events and, and small groups, um, I'm, I'm just curious what it's like to be in what I perceive as being this cusp for you. Like you've been doing this work for so long and being so devoted to it. And there's something about the way I see where 
your business is right now that it's just like, whoa, like everyone is starting to be like, John Wineland, John Wineland, John Wineland. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure that there, because the work you do is so tender, you know, it's so heart opening and it can be really triggering for a lot of people. Um, we've yeah. talked about this in the long-term programs that a lot of projections can come at you. And yeah. how are you, how are you finding your capacity to hold all of that, hold all the tenderness expanding and holding all of the projections or fears that people also have entering into this work? How are you feeling with that expansion? Well, that's a great question. And, um, I, you know, um, it's hard. I got to be honest with you. It's hard. Cause I, um, cause I learned to love these people, right? I mean, I, I, these people who are in my programs, you know, you included and all these people, I, I really like my heart gets super connected to them. And when things, you know, when their blocks come up or when stuff gets projected, either good or bad too, cause there's a lot of like good stuff that gets projected. Um, it's, it's, um, it's hard to hold. It's a lot of energy. It's actually part of the reason why I moved to the beach because I need to be in the water quite consistently. I mean, I've been working with my teachers on, on this a lot of like, how do I clear the energy? How do I move the energy of, you know, last year there was a hundred people in my programs, which are not like light programs. <laughs> They're yeah. like, let's go fucking deep and, you know, pull your soul out and lick it. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a constant, it's something that I'm constantly maneuvering because you know, nobody in my world has really done this. I mean, David did it at the very beginning of his career, but he's very well sequestered for obvious reasons and not a lot of people do it. And um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I feel good. Like I feel well used, but I also feel very tender myself a lot mm -hmm. of the time. Like I feel, I feel everybody's pain more. I, it sounds kind of corny, right? But I just, I feel everybody's process. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's important for me to really take a lot of extra time to clear my system and clean my system and, and just be, so I can come back and be a, a, a clean vessel for people. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that sets you apart from so many other teachers is that people who learn from you can feel you and can feel your sensitivity and can, and, and of course that's trustable. It's trustable to know that you resonate with what we're asking and it's safe with you. All right. So for a, a little bit of background, everyone coming into this work, can you explain the difference just setting the foundation of the embodiment slash the yoga of and therapy? Right. Yeah. So we all, we all have, um, we all have like this state that we're in at this point of whatever point of our lives we're in, right? We have sort of the therapeutic limitations and habits like, you know, our childhood programming, any work that we've done, um, the wounds we've suffered, the epigenetic karmas of our family and our parents. And, and so we have this sort of emotional limitation this emotional like we, we can't stretch past it and so we use therapy to go into the emotional states and the emotional wounds and and we heal those you know and it takes a long time it's a very tender often long-term process to go in and heal things via therapy and 
it's really about you know getting into your thinking getting into your heart getting into most therapeutic models are um you know involve a, a long-term exploration so there's the therapeutic model of dealing with what where we are now in terms of our limitation right our limitations then there's the yogic model and the yogic model says that that your body and the, your, your energy body, your physical body, your emotional body, your sexual body, like all of these different bodies that, you, that the yogic technology teaches, they have limitations as well. And you can actually use yoga and use practice breath and movement and all kinds of, you know, running all kinds of energies like we've done for a couple of years now to expand and open the yogic bodies. And, and that is, something that you can do immediately like you can be as fucked up from your childhood wound as ever right be totally heartbroken about you know your father's rejection but you can open your body and your heart completely in that moment so whereas the therapeutic model tends to take a lot longer dealing with trauma the yogic model is really like right here right now how deeply can you open how fully can you open and what relationship can you have with the moment and hopefully the people in the moment with you um, that is, you know, beautiful and deep and vulnerable, etc. So somebody embodying that wound of abandonment, you know, my dad left me and now I'm dating this man and I'm afraid he's going to leave me. You can go to therapy and you can unpack the why of the fear or you can go yeah. do embodiment. What would an example of embodiment in that circumstance look like? Mm. Well, I think in that particular, you know, example, I, you know, there, there could just be a softening of the heart. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you know, it can be anywhere from subtle to extreme, right? But it could just be a softening of the heart, a softening of the eyes, um, a, a, a revealing, right? I talk about the yoga of revealing, which is kind of a widening versus a projecting. So there could be a widening of the heart, a softening of the heart, you know, a softening of the eyes, a softening of the solar plexus and of the belly. And you might just look into his eyes and say, I'm afraid you are going to leave me. Right? And that's the yoga of working with that wound in the present moment as a relational tool. And I think the thing about the kind of yoga that we practice, the especially around, you know, body that doesn't need I mean, the embodiment is really so that you can be more available to your environment, to the moment, to other people. And oftentimes this is why it's so great for relationship because the more available you are, the more you there is to relate with, mm -hmm. you know, the more you we get to experience, the more you we get to have sex with or dive deep with or enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And the more range there is. <clears throat> Can you talk and a depth. little bit? And depth too. And yeah. Depth, right? Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, just about like the range that's available, especially for the feminine, like you as a masculine being, you talk about all the time in your teachings, how inspiring and delightful and pleasurable it is for the masculine to see the range of the feminine. And mm -hmm. it's very rare. I find in day-to-day -day life that people are experiencing their entire range. And so embodiment helps you access these different parts. How does that feed the masculine seeing all the different sides of the feminine from her, you know, delightful young energy to her sorceress right. energy? 
Yeah, it, occur, it occurs to the masculine nervous system as nourishment. I mean, you've heard that before. It, it, it really, now this is assuming that, um, uh, this is assuming that he's available for it. Like if I'm working, if I'm writing and then my partner wants to come in and give me, you know, innocent cheerleader energy, I'm probably not going to be very receptive. However, if I'm available, if I'm available for it and it comes at me, it's quite, it's quite delicious, right? Just like everything from, you know, we talk about archetypes from maiden to crone, right? And to queen, to sorceress, to all of these archetypes carry with it a, 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 a like a transmission, you know, a, like a vibration, a signature. And each man is different, of course, but but given when they're expressed as a as a gift and when they're lived when they're embodied i guess all embodiment means is that it's being felt through your body in the environment right you're embodying maiden like you can think about maiden you could talk about maiden or you could actually like become feel what maiden feels like in your cells and the experience for everybody around you is going to be different in all those different areas. So for the masculine, I think the easy answer to what you're saying is it, it just occurs as nourishment. And one of the things the masculine loves is, is just a different range of nourishment, kind of like um, you don't want to eat this, no matter how much you love a specific food, you wouldn't want to have it every night, right? You'd want some variation, right? No matter how much, you know, uh, the example David's used, like, you know, if, if, uh, if, there's a pair of shoes that you love as a feminine being, like your favorite shoes, the, the Manola, Manola Blancos, I can't remember what they're called, yeah. right? The, fa- the most $5,000 pair of shoes, you aren't gonna wear them every day, right? No matter how much you love them. So it's kind of a similar thing for the masculine. Like we, we tend to like very specific, or very um, uh, specific kinds of ranges, but we like range. And I think the other part of your question is that most people live in this sort of comfort range, like they're comfortable being, you know, this and kind of their go-to ranges of energetic expression. And part of good embodiment work, part of what we did in the salon and what I do in the women's program is, is to stretch those ranges both into the ultra light and the ultra dark mm. and also to deepen them. So you want to, Black Widow is a perfect example, right? Like you've, you know, you have a very light, your natural energetic is very light, but you have a dark Black Widow in you, right? Mm-hmm. right? And, and your, your deep kind of expression of that is actually quite beautiful. It's a gift. Mm. And so the reason why it occurs to the masculine as a gift is because it's more of you. Yeah. It's just giving him giving her or her your lover giving your lover a, a, d- a deeper wider experience of all of life's beauty through you mm-hmm. i can already hear people saying but what about looking dumb or what about will this make me weak why would i show a man my ditzy gopi energy (laughs) and when i'm trying to make sure everyone respects me and sees me as the badass online business babe that i am like i can do things myself what is needed from the feminine in order to be able to break through that and to have that kind of sovereignty 
Well, I think it, I think it has more to do with generosity than sovereignty. Like sovereignty, you know, yeah. you you definitely, you know, you, you can have sovereignty and still be ultra generous, right? Oh, I like so that. So you know, like for for example, I'm a I'm a fool for Gopi energy. Like mm-hmm. it's I don't know, just my nervous system just loves that kind of that kind of energy, and and so can you explain yeah. Gopi? Well, Gopi's kind of like the Gopi were the were the were the devotional. Um, uh, practitioners that hung out with Krishna and they would, yeah. you know, kind of splash <laughs> in the water and play with the goats. And they were very, like, it was very innocent, feminine energy, very innocent, playful, feminine energy. And, and I, you know, I guess the ditzy blonde, but that that's kind of been co-opted into a negative mm. stereotype, whereas the gopis were all about life's joy. Right? Yeah. So to me, it occurs as joy, but it's also very sexy. So if somebody knows, if my partner knows that that does something to my nervous system and she withholds it because she doesn't want to or because she's mad at me or, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 I don't know, it just, it's stingy. Yeah. It's stingy. Yeah. I mean, if, if I knew that you liked Pierce, like let's switch it for a bit, you know, we'll talk about the men. Do you think men want to come home and be piercingly penetrative, grounded, breathing deep into their belly, you know, feeling your soul all the time? No. no. They want to fucking zone out and watch baseball. Yeah. Or, you know, or or a podcast or Reddit and they want to let go of everything. But because they love you, they're going to step into the front door and they're going to look you in the eyes, they're going to take a deep breath and they're going to feel your heart and say, "Fuck, you're beautiful." Hmm. Is there any limit to that that you would want? No. So it's really, I think, about um, learning what, you know, to, the first part of your question was, what if I look dumb? Well, if you, if you're, if, if this is, if embodiment for the feminine is an expression of your love, then, and it's truly like your love, it's not a performance. It's like, I love this person, or I love life, or I love the world, or I love God, or I love whatever. And that love is coming through me as an embodied expression. I'm not going to be thinking about myself for the most part. You know, I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to be just a pure sensation. Mm -hmm. And part of what women have to learn, I think men too, men too, men need to do this work too. But part of what I see a lot of women working with is how to drop, keep dropping deeper and deeper and deeper into the pure sensate, that stream, you know, you've been there, like the stream of just love moving through you and you're expressing it and everybody in the fucking room is smiling because it's so beautiful. And, you know, until you have that experience, it's hard to, to explain. I'm sure you have this, this issue with your, 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 you know, clients and yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for people who are really analytical, who want to understand everything to really get embodiment. Like there has to be that. And that was me. That was totally me. I mean, you had me stop taking notes the first year I was in the salon because all I was doing was taking notes. And this, I wasn't even thinking about bringing this up, but it's really valuable that I was so in my head and trying to grasp onto every word that you said or Kendra said that the room didn't feel me. I was looking down, I was writing notes in my journal I had people who were really paying attention to you could feel the person on their left and their right because everyone was breathing and listening. But here I was hunched over in, in the front row, like trying to make sure I got every single word you said that someone else in our group had brought it up saying, we can't feel you and we want you to put your pen down and be with us. 
that was such an eye-opening moment for me like that was more important like I was embodied in that moment the moment I put my pen down and just sat and breathed and I did healing in that moment from just stopping my obsessive control pattern and just being uncomfortable with y'all talking and me not writing down what you were saying like a nervous system shift happened in that moment of putting down my pen yeah well i think embodiment at its core because i know you write about this a lot you talk about this a lot but i think embodiment at its core is really a journey to the depth of who you really are Mm. right because you know in that moment of writing notes and just i'm just using your example of writing notes and kind of hunched over and do it and you're not who you really are mm-hmm. you, know? You, you know and then you let go of the pen and you relax and you kind of be that you're more madeline right and then you start to move and you start to feel like how good it is in your hips and you start to feel your heart and you start to feel your body and you're even more madeline and th- this just this body this journey of embodiment you know for men too it's the same thing right that the deeper into our body the deeper we can have a full-bodied awareness of the essence of us the more us we become if that makes sense yes and that's the true value of embodiment that's why people are craving it you know that's why it's so attractive whether you're you know masculine or feminine that's why it's so attractive because it's it's fucking you it's like the you that is the divine yeah so taking this a little bit darker Mm-hmm. with the same thread of embodiment, I would love to talk about embodying taboo. So let's get a little bit into sexy land. Okay. Um, Have you shared your taboo on this, on this program? I no, remember. I don't think so. <laughs> I definitely haven't shared the one from the first salon. Um, um, I don't think I shared the, I think I had Dominic on and we talked a little bit beforehand, probably not on air, but I'm happy to share a little bit about my taboos if it comes up. But what is taboo? Just because I know a lot of people are new to anything past fantasy. Right. Well, taboo is one slice of this larger spectrum called dark sexual energy, right? So dark sexual energy could be anything. And, you know, I'm just trying to put a definition on it. It's, you know, people could have different definitions, but anything on the sexual spectrum that uh sort of comes from the darker down low more lower registers of the body right so everything from everything from dirty talk for example to like dirty talk might be one end of the spectrum of dark energy to um to uh bondage and domination might be another end of it cutting uh uh, defilement, you know, and, and so, so the thing about dark sexual energy is, um, is that we all have it, right? To some degree or another, it's been repressed in most of us, um, and yet it becomes one of these things that if we don't, it's it, again, it's it's part of us that we aren't necessarily fully um, inhabiting. Right? You use the word embodiment, but I would call inhabit. Right? So mm. to inhabit the part of you, let's use Black Widow. So the part of you that, you know, wants to seduce a man and then just, you know, and then leave him for dead in in your bed, right? Um, That part of you, not that you're, you're going to do that, right? Yeah. But the part of you that wants that, and that, that's, that part of you is a little dangerous. That part of you is a little sexy, you know, that part of you has a lot of energy to it. And so the more you can inhabit that, part of you 
and then give it as a gift to your lover, the more they're going to feel you. Now, the more dark, different kinds of dark energies people use um, or get into, the more range they have, like we talked about earlier. Taboo is one that's a very specific part of, of the dark energetic spectrum because it's very personal. It, it usually comes from your own past, how you were sexualized, how you were, you know, possibly traumatized and, you know, as a child, because we are all traumatized in some way, how you were repressed, right? So, um, you know, a good example of this is, uh, you know, Catholic school girl, the Catholic school girl example, you know, who has to, you know, uh, who, who can't be, who can't own the part of her that's slutty the part of her that wants to be seen or fucked or you know taken or um and so in high school this part is repressed 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 and either she'll oftentimes fight against it right and like sort of you know um and or she'll repress it and that repressed taboo that repressed sexual energy becomes a taboo in her nervous system i mean i'm just using it i'm using this as a very simple example and this taboo is something she may have these deep fantasies about having multiple partners or, or sleeping around, right? As a result of this repressed sexuality when she was younger. And so getting into those taboos and then finding the gift in them, mm. right? So the gift, every taboo has a gift. Like tell, tell me your taboo. What was the most recent one that you did? As well as the, just give me the, the texture of your taboo. Um, what was the texture? I can give you other details. We'll come up with what it okay. was. Okay. It was the, um, that my taboo story was about a producer, a director, and a oh, casting, casting couch, casting, casting, couch, casting right, right. director, all basically, you know, having sex with me to make sure I was right for the part. Right, right, right. <laughs> so who you have to be, not that you're going to do that. Right, right? exactly. The, the level, so the level of surrender and yes. that you have to like exhibit like this, this, the kind of surrendering to other men's kind of defilement of you, mm-hmm. right? Like there was the also part- a part, there was a part about all three of these men talking to each, they were watching me to see if I liked right. something they did. And then right. they totally ignored, like they cared about my pleasure, but then they talked to each other, directing each other how to manipulate my body to get more pleasure like right right there's a little bit of the objectification of course because that is within me you know me staying far away from being objectified as a kid and growing up in a christian household and now i'm like objectify me (laughs) right right. so so the part so the part of you that like wants to be objectified wants to be defiled right wants to be you know um uh kind of used for men's pleasure Mm. that that's a dark sexual energy, right? And you're not, this is not, you know, these fantasies that women often have are super dark and super like, you know, like that. And men hear them and go, wow, like, I can't believe that that, like she'd actually like want that or fantasize about that. So embodying your taboo actually frees uh, energy that you've repressed for a long period of time. And who you have to be to live in that taboo. I mean, you've heard me say this, and I'm saying it for your people, right? Who you have to be to live in that taboo is actually something quite liberating. Like you have to be, 
you have to want to be objectified and you have mm. to want to be def sacredly defiled or not so sacredly defiled. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and that's a, that's a, actually a gift that you can give your lover. Once you, once you do, once you run that energy through your body to the point where it actually opens something, yeah. right. Or liberates something, which I think you probably had the experience of when we did the exercises. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly the taboos that I come into the program with end up like totally, it's like they're not, the one I did for them, the first salon is no longer alive. I never even think about it. But I remember I was obsessing over that taboo for so long right. and we right. acted it out and I was like, oh, wow, like this feels like it's a part of me now and I'm ready for yeah. the next deeper, darker layer. Um, and I and just that's wanna... how it works. And that's, that's what's so fucking cool about taboo work, right? Is because... It, it, now it's now it's like a part of your muscle. It's like yeah. uh, learning to use new muscles, right? So now you you're so much more agile and and open as a lover, as a possible lover, right? For somebody mm. that now you've got all these different kind of paints and energies you can give them. It's very, um, I, I you know I know this word is loaded, but it's very valuable. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something I can. Yeah, I can a offer a lot to whoever I'm with mm -hmm. in that moment because my range is widening and and there's that walking about day-to-day -day life there's not a fear of oh no am i being objectified like it's not controlling me left or right i'm like i'm just i'm just loving this moment and if you object like you know not that i'm wanting people to be objectifying me but me personally i don't have the trigger with it it's right. been lived in and experienced and embodied and it's set free touching it fully that's great and i also i want to just touch on this part really like hone in on it because I think it's very important that there there are people from my past who had objectified me and it was not done with love right it was it was right. done from their ego I had a partner once who just had this like little man ego ego thing where he was small and so everything he had to do, do was very mean to people to feel like he was controlling them and I was his girlfriend so I got a lot of that and I didn't know I didn't know if it was healthy or not. It was one of my first experiences with a partner. That's so different from someone doing their work and defiling with love, defiling right. with through love, through their heart, knowing that like someone who is going to play out a taboo with me is not doing it because they have an ego and are trying to control me. It's because they see, oh, Madeline is going to be a better woman for being defiled and feeling this from me. And, and it's an honor right. to be connected to my heart and do this for her. So there's a yeah. difference between, yeah. you know, I'm just want to hone in on that. Yeah. It's all, it's all the difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because obviously these, all of these practices that we do, at least in our programs and in my workshops, you know, heart open, heart, connected love centered practice is the basis of everything you can't go anywhere right there shouldn't be a dirty word uttered unless like you're unless he's feeling your heart you're feeling his heart and there's that deep connection because that's the that's where the healing happens that's where the yoga right i mean i think i've written about this before that sex is the deepest yoga and that's why because the heart has 30 some odd percent more energy than any other organ in the body than the brain so you activate your heart you're actually activating an energy source in your body that has lots of capacity to clear open clean expand so you open your heart first then you practice in the darkest realms or the light realms or whatever realms and there's going to be a 
uh, uh, clearing that happens, like your channels, like these knots up and down your spine. It, it's really quite yogic and it's hard to explain unless you get into the practice, you know? But once you're in it, you can go as dark or as weird as you want, as long as there's love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That feels, oh, that feels so good. So, okay. I got a million dollar question for you. Mm-hmm. I already told you I was going to ask you this, but it, it's, it's never going to leave my mind. I'm always wondering about this question. Um, here we are honing our ability to love, to give love unconditionally, to give the people in our life the thing we want the most, which is X, Y, Z, safety, care, more love. How do we know when it's time to walk away from any particular relationship? You know, I'm really talking about romantic relationships. What is that point of knowing, all right, I'm giving them emotional safety and love and I'm seeing them and I'm honoring them and I'm rewarding them. And I know I already yeah. can hear you saying you would push back that this, this made up person I'm giving the example of is not doing as much as she could be doing, like keep giving, yeah. but because we yeah. think we give it at a hundred and we really give it at like a 70. You know? yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I've got that memorized in my mind from you. So let's say though, for the sake of this example, you're giving a lot. How do you know when you're not feeling, when you're not feeling it back, the thing that you're desperately longing for, when mm-hmm. to say goodbye from that container of a relationship? Yeah. Well, if you can answer that question that you've given everything that you can for a period of time, could be three months, six months. Because like you said, most people say they're giving and they really aren't. You know what I mean? If, in, if they're really... They're really not, right? And and if you can say like for three months or six months or even a year, because depending on how long you're together, right? You know, if you're together for 10 years or 20 years, you know, each of you is going to grow, is going to move ahead of the other just in terms of development, right? And then the other one's got to catch up. And then, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if we left every time that one of us lagged behind, there'd be no long-term relationships at all. Yeah, so, that's really true. That was a good point. Yeah, so so in in a long term relationship, there, there might be a year where you wait and you just kind of love and love and love, and that's your practice to love while you're. It's a it's a beautifully it's a it, it yeah it's a really generous stance to take. Like he or she is you know it's going to take them some time realistically to catch up to where I've been because I went to a bunch of workshops or <laughs> I did a bunch of this right and. And so I'm going to give them a year to catch up and I'm going to just love on them and love on them. And I'm going to get my needs met elsewhere too, like not sexual needs if you're in a monogamous relationship, but you're going to find ways to get fulfilled. And then you're just going to keep giving, keep giving. And then after a year, if it still feels like you're not, you know, in your heart, like I fucking, I really did. Like I gave them everything and they're just not willing to meet me. And, um, and I think that's the, that's the real question that there's no tried, there's no tried and true answer. It's the question of, have I given everything that I can and given them time to come meet me? Mm-hmm. You know, have I given them time yeah. to meet me? And that's a personal question that only, you know, everybody has to answer for themselves. Yeah. I really like the time that you're talking about being generous and giving them space. Cause it's, I, I get so many emails. I can't even imagine how many you get about, um, for me, it's mostly women saying I'm reading all these books. I'm doing all this work. And why isn't he doing it too? 
how do I get him to do this? He's in it. So much of the attention and focus is on him. And I'm like, well, are you, are you providing what it is that you're asking for? Are you being what it is that you're wanting um, and and giving that kind of love? And it's, it's a sense of closure. It's just a sense of of closure of really wanting to do the the real work, doing the real work, which is loving while someone else isn't showing up according to the way that you wanted them to. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the, here's the beautiful part about this is nobody loses by you doing the deepest work. Yeah. Right. So for those women who are emailing you, I'd say, you know, get into a program, like cultivate your own feminine, cultivate your own generosity, cultivate your own like range of gifts like we talked about. And you just work on yourself and then bring them home and give them for a certain period of time. You know, and it's different because let's say let's say you're together eight years or nine years and you have two kids, like you're probably going to give your partner a little more time to catch up to you than if you just started dating. So it really, it really is a very personal experience, but I think you're right. Like focus on yourself, cultivate like the depth of your own gifts and the depth of your own generosity and then give it. And then if you don't stay together, like you've grown and you've got more to offer, you know, you've got more to offer the next partner and nobody loses. Mm. What is your stance on dating? and apps and such things because i i like what you have to say about this yeah yeah well i mean it kind of connects to your what you just you know what we just talked about which is if you're let's say you have a a, you know one of the you know women email you and they're dating and they're like where how do i same question of like i'm doing all reading all these books and i'm doing all these practices and where is he um so if you're focusing on the the internal piece right the 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 flow of love coming through you the dance of love moving through your body how much you can how much you can embody all of these various parts of yourself and you're really dropping into the you that is love i'm talking more to the feminine i was talking to the masculine i'd say the you that is consciousness if you can be that to the point where you don't need somebody. You want them, but you don't like, there's not like a, there's not like a graspiness for them. And I've seen this in you. I've seen this shift mm-hmm. in you where you've gone from this, from like, you know, like to, to not needing somebody. And I'm, and I, I, I'm, I think you've got all the, all the, you know, relating you can handle. And I, and I imagine that if you don't need somebody, but you desire them, that's a different transmission than needing somebody to fill something versus filling it yourself and then wanting to give it. You know, the, 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 the big mistake I think so many people make, and I'll get to apps in a second, so the big mistake people make, men and women, is they don't spend the consecrated time of alone really developing their gifts and developing a capacity to be with themselves and to love themselves and to be nourished by the environment and then get into relationship. Most of the time they're looking to get into relationship to fill something that they, they can't in relationship. And that's a different, that's just a different, that's a paradigm shift. So when you become full and you become radiant so let's say we're talking to women, when you tap into the internal radiance and the range of feminine expression that's possible through you, fuck. I mean, it's just like, it's like, 
like uh, you're like a flower and he's the bee. It's like, you can't, there's no need, you don't need an app. You're just going to have people finding you. Um, so I think you will magnetize people based on the depth of your practice. And if you do date or use apps to date, make your dates practice dates. Like go mm -hmm. out there and practice something, practice being unconditionally loving, practice letting him lead one time, practice um, being in pleasure in your body. You know, you can practice different things. So rather than go into the date thinking like, is he the one? Is he going to be the one? Blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. he's not the one. Fuck him. I want to leave. You go in there going like, I'm going to practice this and then see what happens. And no date is ever wasted approaching it in that way. You're, you're, and you have to be willing. Right. You know, so much of this is just willingness of like knowing that you being in practice for that hour and a half that you're getting dinner is not a yeah. waste. It's you being generous and you practicing in a way that you're eventually going to have to practice anyways you know, if totally. you're going to be on this path with your future yeah. partner, because they're going to show up in a way that you don't like, just like this random Tinder guy or whatever app that you're on. Right. Hopefully not Tinder, right. but. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That this has been the most powerful shift for me because I thought that I didn't need anybody. And I thought that I wasn't needy and graspy and on a hunt and on a search mm. a couple years ago. And I recently went back and I watched some of the videos that I had posted in the first mm. salon and I feel so much love for that version of me. And I also feel quite, um, they're quite distanced from the, the sporadic energy, the way I talked so fast. I was up here in my head. I was not in my body. I was, I could just feel this air of grasping, for the next bumble date for him to love me you know mm -hmm. like I, I, that's really the truth of it the vulnerable truth is that i was yeah. wanting anybody to love me and yeah. from doing this work and and discovering my own range and being willing to be the ditzy blonde slash gopi and the sorceress and some of the more embarrassing ones that i've done i know kali was very hard for me of going like someone seeing me red in the face with mouth open, saliva coming down. Like that was super vulnerable for me, but going into all those different places. And I mean, dare I say being very entertained by the person that I've met throughout all this, I have found so much joy and aloneness. Like it's almost dangerous how much I just truly love doing this work, being in my space. I can see how it's easy to get lost in doing all of this. Cause it's, it's just so rich and, it makes room for someone to enter. Like you said, there's desire there and it's mm. a different kind of, it's real pure love, still ups and downs, but you're not having them fill something in you so that you don't have to feel something come up that you don't want to come up like the bitterness of aloneness. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't be alone, like Osho says, you know, if you can't be alone, then you can't be in relationship. And that's a, Pure that's, and a that's a yeah, it's a very difficult thing for people to learn, and that's okay if it, you're going to learn when you learn. You, at some point, we're all going to have to be alone. But I do think that the paradigm shift needed in relating is is really going to be about how do I become the fullest version of myself, and then trust that I'm going to magnetize uh, uh, the partner that I, I need. Right, whether it's a 10 year, 20 year, 30 year marriage, or whether it's six months, or whether it's an evening, and 
once you get, I think, hooked into the fact that you are love, you know, you are love and consciousness incarnate, then it really becomes like, who can I serve? Like, how, who can I gift? Like, who can I, who, who am I going to, like, as you go through New York City, such a great example, you know, I'm sure you see guys like, wow, I can really, like, that's a good man. I imagine my energy could make him really happy. Right. And you, and it becomes that kind of thing of, of, of um, a devotion to love. Kendra talks about, I think she does that really beautifully, you know, to have a devotion mm. to love um, versus trying to fill some hole that, you know, it's, who the fuck knows where it came from? Your mother's mother's mother, right? I mean, it's just like, we don't have any control over that. Yeah. It's amazing how now I can see both of everything you just said. I can go into Starbucks and I might see someone talking to a woman in a particular way where he's leaning in like head down too much, hunched over. And I could like just feel, I'm like, oh man, if only he would stand this other way. I know her nervous system would receive him so much more. Not that I'm going to go up and do that, but it, it, I would never have even bothered to think about what would serve that man if I even saw him talking to another woman? I'd just ignore him. I'd be looking for only the single men. And now I see this dynamic. I'm like, oh, that would probably serve him and make her feel really good. So by doing all of this work with the masculine and others and the feminine with myself, it's made me love women more. Like it's made me want to help men so that he helps her heart. It's really interesting how I, I didn't really even realize that it's this work that's because I've been realizing recently how much I'm like, Oh, women are just so amazing. I love them so much. And now I'm noticing in this very moment, like, Oh, that's why it's because I'm like looking into men and like trying to work on my own Oracle and feeling into a man in front of me of what would make him even better. But now it's extended outward into that doing that for her and for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. And, and, you know, I think what you're talking about and what you've been on, you know, for these last couple of years and women, especially who do this work, sorry, we got a plane flying over. <laughs> um, you're talking about the path of the tantrika, right? Like how do I make my body an instrument of the divine to serve the world? Mm. And, um, you know, from ancient times, ancient India, ancient China, I mean, you know, Tibetan, you know, ancient Tibetan practice. Tantra, real Tantra, is about making your body an instrument of the divine in order to serve the world. And, um, and the modern version of that is kind of what we're talking about, in my opinion. You know, I mean, everybody's got, they're doing things for very specific reasons. But I think the deepest practitioners and the deepest practice are people who dedicate years of their life to to becoming these sacred tantric practitioners as gifts yummy I'd like to think that's what i did you know yeah. and just turned out that i kept teaching but that was the way i started yeah oh shivers up and down my spine <laughs> feels so good so before we go into the divine deep dive round because i know i want to be very conscious of your time here even though i can have you forever um what are you up to where can people connect with you online and what's something that they should know about maybe an upcoming workshop mm -hmm. um 
Well, I'm doing something with, uh, I have, there's a, there's a two or three spots left now for the advanced practice group, which is something I've wanted to do for a while. And it's a very small group of people that are going to come together, 18, 18 people and, and go into these kind of deep practices that we were talking about things that I can't do in beginning groups because everybody's just starting. So if you have experience, if some of these people have experience in a body work, embodiment work, or have been to my workshops or other workshops like mine, then the advanced practice group is something I'm really excited about mm. just personally, because it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm also teaching, uh, I'm also producing something for my teacher. I'll, I'll be teaching probably the men's for men's course in this is uh, with David. I'll be, I'll be in North Carolina in April with David data. Um, can't remember the dates, but they're on my website. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, my men's programs and my, my, I have a men's program and a women's program. They're going to start in the spring so they can go on my website and find all that stuff. Awesome. I will have the links to that on the show notes for this, maddiemoon.com forward slash John dash Wineland. And I will only ask you a few questions here in the divine okay. deep dive round. Okay. Okay. Let me take a sip of water then. Number one, what's your word of 2020? Hmm. I'm trying to, uh, it's 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 really cleansing cleansing hmm. and smoothing ocean, to the cleansing. water yeah 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 hmm. how many hours a day do you spend in practice honestly about two or three it's a good Somewhere amount of time between two two and three yeah. if i'm not if i'm not either in a workshop or teaching a workshop if you woke up tomorrow with a new ability like a super ability and it can't be flying what would it be? What would it be? Um, the ability to change people's core belief systems immediately. <laughs> I love to that. just be able to do psychic surgery on what they think. Oh, it's that's so like serving. Mine's like I would love to breathe underwater. Like that'd be really cool. That would be cool. Um, what's the best investment you've made under ten grand in the past year? Mm. bought bitcoin for 3500 and sold it for a lot more i haven't heard anyone say even the word bitcoin in forever i, I don't i don't even know what that technically means yeah. but i'm assuming yeah. it's a really good thing it, it's yeah digital currency but yeah if you had one other life that was completely different from the one that you have where would you live what would you be doing and what would you be scared of as this person oh i would probably be living so i'd probably be living in bali surfing and writing like just surfing and that's writing. you though that's totally but you. i'm not but i don't i, I have never even been to bali oh okay so, oh you say you, yeah you're saying you're saying something that um something that wouldn't even be not john wyman i could mm -mm. okay not With a different current, version of john yeah, wyman uh -uh. okay, okay different okay, consciousness this is tricky um, what would I be? Um, <laughs> I, I'd be a Tibetan monk. Yeah. What would you I'd be scared of? Um, uh, selfishness. Hmm. Again, very um, conscious answer. 
<laughs> okay. Um, my last question for you is if love was a flavor, what would it be? Cherry vanilla. Mm, okay. Yeah. I love that. Makes me think of a cherry vanilla Coke or something like that. Ah, oh, John, thank you for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast so much. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you. Yeah, it's been good to good to chat with you. Yeah, to finally get you on. It's been a couple of years of mentioning your name on the show, so it makes me feel really good and really honored to have you here and to have my audience finally be able to experience you in this hour. And everyone, go check out his website. Go sign up for his newsletter and come to uh, an upcoming event. I'm sure I will be at a couple and I appreciate all of you for being here and listening. John, thank you again. Have a thank beautiful you, California day. Thank you, Madeline. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful episode. What a beautiful conversation that was with John. If you want to get all of the links and check out the show notes for what we talked about in today's podcast, go to maddiemoon.com forward slash John Dash Wineland. And this is your final reminder that B School is closing in a couple days. You have until Friday, February 28th, 2020. So if you are interested in making this the year that you create the structure and the foundation for your business to really let that feminine aspect, the creativity, the flow, the love to thrive, sign on up. Go to maddiemoon.com forward slash join dash b school remember the cart closes for this year on friday 28th and you won't have until another year to sign up if you skipped through the intro go back if you want to learn more about b school i talk all about it or you can listen to the podcast that i did with marie forleo herself where we go into how b school can help life coaches how it can help with the imposter syndrome and so much more i'll make sure i include a link to that in the show notes that's it for today. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode with John. Y'all have an amazing rest of your week.